Jungle podcast is raw, it's real, it has zero gimmicks, zero bullshit, and absolutely zero fucks to give. Welcome to the Iron Jungle. This is real, no bullshit, no holds barred, wide fucking open podcast. We've been at this far too long to be fucking around. This is the jungle. Where anything goes, no holds barred. We're going to be talking about the real shit. How to succeed. In a world where you have goals, but there's so much misinformation and bullshit trying to sell you something. This is the informative podcast. And there's no hope behind the jungle. The question is, are you ready? Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the iron jungle. Let's go. What's going on, guys and girls? Welcome inside the iron jungle podcast. Drew Peters, Ryan Buckeye, back for a hot topic. Cheat. On your girlfriend, Drew, not your workouts and your diet, right? It's not a t-shirt, but uh, actually, I don't recommend anybody cheat on their girlfriend at all, ever, because they'll kill you. So uh, anyway, cheat meals, my friend. It's a big topic of conversation. People, a lot of people have a misunderstanding, A, of what a cheat meal is, B, how many times they're supposed to have one, C, what's the difference between a cheat meal and a refeed day, D, I mean, we could go on and on. I mean, you could list out... Um, and today we're going to discuss basically the concept of cheat meals, why they actually are beneficial for some people, how often you should do them, what is the difference between cheat meals and refeed days. Uh, Drew, let me ask you a question. How often do you cheat, my friend? It depends if I'm in contest prep or if I'm in off-season. If I'm in off-season, I'd say it's about 85, 15 right now because to elicit a little bit of growth, I like those calorie spikes. I'll go out and I'll enjoy a nice meal on, say, Friday night, maybe Saturday night. But the thing is, I don't just, in my opinion, what I do personally, I just don't go hog wild. Like, I don't go eat whatever the hell I want all night on Friday night and do the same thing all weekend long. Like, I'll go out and have, like, a meal within moderation. We'll get to that later in the episode, but... I'd say one to two times a week for me in off-season and prep, um, depending on how fast I'm losing fat, how my metabolism is responding, same thing, usually once to twice a week strategically used. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm in off-season. So, I mean, I typically – but my, my cheat meal isn't what people are probably thinking. People are probably thinking like a cheat meal is an entire Domino's pizza, a box of Oreos, a bowl of fucking ice cream, and all – that's not a cheat meal in my world. My world is deviating from the plan a little bit um, and not going crazy. It might be a burger that's not loaded with mayo and maybe some – I mean, I don't like french fries. But I'm just saying like my cheat meals aren't – or it might be sushi. Sushi's a, a very good um, – a very good – sort of like idea of a cheat meal that you see a lot of people who are actually really big in the fitness and nutrition, they do that. And at the end of the day, like sushi is not that terrible for you. It's rice, it's algae, it's fish. And depending on if you get all that cream cheese, which I don't, it's avocado, which actually is not bad at all, really, uh, exactly. in the scheme of things. So first off, Drew, you, you've been through many shows and you've been through many different diets yourself. You write diets for people all the time. Explain to the listeners what is the difference between a refeed day and a cheat meal? And here's the thing, even the refeed, it could be a single refeed meal, depending Correct. on yeah. what it is. Basically, the idea of a cheat meal or cheat meal in general is basically having something that's not on your diet. A cheat meal, by definition, would be, in that case, anything that a person desires to eat. It could be pizza, it could be burgers, it could be uh, burger and ice cream, it could be sushi, it could be a, like a hearty, fatty steak with a sweet, with a baked right. potato. I mean, the possibilities are endless, and we're going to walk you through some of the, I guess, stipulations of, you know, once within a catch of what a uh, proper cheat meal should be. But in general, a cheat meal is like having a cheat meal or a meal that's not on your plan, depending how strict you want to be with that definition. A, you know, technically, if you're on contest prep, a cheat is anything that's not on your set plan. So a refeed meal, on the other hand, is strategically like 
okay, we need a set amount of carbohydrates, proteins, fats, so on and so forth. In other words, to kind of restock the body, things yeah. like glycogen stores, spike metabolism, so on and so forth. They can be used interchangeably depending on how sensitive you are to calorie spikes, um, how hard you've been dieting, so on and so forth. And of course, what your body responds to. Not everybody's going to be the same. And uh, I guess getting into that is the key with them is strategically implement them. Um, with that being said, don't every single week, the worst thing you can do as a client or a person, if you start like say a contest prep, especially if you look at your plans, oh, when's my cheat meal? Like that, that's not how this works. Um, it can be something to look forward to. That's for sure. Like, okay, hey, depending how I respond this week, uh, plan on a cheat meal on Saturday night. Like for most of my clients, like, okay, stick to your plan this week, Saturday night, we'll have a free meal in there. What that will be, we will see, you know, um, in some situations, once again, this is a very broad topic. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if somebody's been losing, uh, you know, one to two pounds a week at a steady clip, and they're not having issues, like, okay, well, let's hold off on that. You know, you're you're having you're losing body fat at a steady rate. If you start to plateau, or if you have a rapid drop in weight loss, in that case, I'm like, okay, let's let's get this refeed you. One, you earned it. Two, you know, you're dropping calorie fat or weight at a very fast rate. You know, let, let's accelerate the process. Let's let's feed you back in it. You've been killing it. Okay. Yep. There part two, you know, if you're steadily dropping or if you're behind, quote unquote, on getting ready for a show, in that case, we may hold off on a cheat meal just for that case. It's kind of a judgment call, but for most situations, if you're eating healthy, just trying to lose some body fat, so on and so forth, keep them in there. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to help spike the metabolism. We'll get into the physiology of it in a bit, but that's kind of the, the frequency, at least initially, on how to do cheat meals. I think, too, a lot of people, um, coaches are different in how they, how they approach cheat meals, and I'm sure you are a little bit different, too, but my coach, for instance, if I'm going to do a cheat meal, I still need to stick within my macronutrients calculations. Like He wants me to still stick within my macro, so basically... Maybe not eating one thing and then I'm going to load up on whatever. But, um, I mean, and then some, I mean, I'm sure you've done this before too. Like, you can go over your macros for the day. Uh, the idea is, like, you want the average for the week, right? Like, the average for the week should be pretty much where you're at. So maybe you have more one day, less the next day. That's another way you can approach it. But um, I think th the biggest thing for this episode that I, I want to accomplish and I want people to take away is, like, what actually does a cheat meal consist of, which we're going to talk about, or how, how should you structure a cheat meal versus just letting yourself fucking go? Um, listen, if you're uh, stepping on stage, right, and you compete and you take home first place and you're not doing another show for however long and you want to go to the Cheesecake Factory and you want to down six slices of cheesecake, okay, you can do that. You're going to feel like absolute asshole, but you can definitely do that um, for sure. So, uh, in terms of, I know you're talking about like cheat meals, strategically implementing it. Like a lot of people ask me on refeed, like what's the best time to implement a refeed day? Um, and that's that's an interesting question because I think it, there's no perfect answer for that. It's going to be, it's, once again, there's different approaches. This It's not one cookie cutter answer. There's some general guidelines, which I'm going to go over here. But for example's sake, for me personally, I traditionally like to have my cheat meal on a Friday night or a Saturday night. That's typically when I'll... I'll go out and have a meal. Typically, I like to train like a big body part that day. Once again, you don't have to. If you get to a certain point in prep and you're in a huge caloric deficit and you're super lean, honestly, it doesn't fucking matter. Your huge spike is going to have that same physiological effect. In off-season, I typically like to go just destroy a leg workout, heavy back workouts, and so forth, and enjoy that big meal that night, you know, put those calories in good use. Um, with that being said, I mean, once again, what that consists of is going to depend on the person. It depends on how you feel, how you metabolize different nutrients. Like so I personally like my cheat meals. Here's a typical cheat meal. Here's kind of how I go with what works best for me. I like to do this. Ryan Afro mentioned, I'm a big sushi guy. Mm -hmm. So example, like, like I respond well to a high spark in carbohydrates with a moderate amount of fats. And to that can be, if I was having a sushi cheat meal, can be say, okay, like five to six, seven, eight, depending on how much I need, rolls, a huge right. amount of carbohydrates, 
um, a bunch of lean protein, but I'll have something in there like some fattier fish, you know, like some fattier salmon, some avocado, so on and so forth. Or um, another favorite cheat meal of mine is I'll go out and I'll have a burger and sweet potato fries and maybe some froyo, depending on what uh, guess ratio of fats and carbohydrates I'm looking for. If I'm looking for more just a spike in general or enjoy a meal, there you go. Or if I'm looking for like the high carb, maybe more of a refeed type thing with flag glycogen stores to fill you out with that sodium and carbohydrate influx, more so the sushi. It can be a judgment call in off season. I just go with what actually sounds good to me because I get sick of fucking eating in the off season. It doesn't matter as much. So that's kind of another thing to consider, guys. Do you think uh, one one thing we didn't discuss prior to coming on the show, but like this concept of like flex dieting, right? Like, so you have um, you have your macros set, or you can say if it fits your macros. I hate that. I better call it flex dieting personally. But like, um, you know, I I am approaching my off season with a little bit of flex too. So, but I also am very let's just say intelligent in terms of what I'm picking for maybe an alternative carbohydrate source or alternative protein source. But somebody might come to you, Drew, and be like, well, I'm flex dieting, so it's not cheating. It fits my macros. What's, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it before. I, I see it all the time. I mean, there's people who say it too extreme, like, okay, to hit my macros today, I had Pop-Tarts and Oreos and fried chicken, then I had uh, grilled chicken breast and tilapia, you know, like, there's extremes to that, but in general, like, in my off-season, typically, I'll do a lot of flex dieting to a degree. Mm -hmm. In other words, like, for example, I do it strategically, like, for example, sake, instead of, I'm just whatever on the road, especially this helps, like, I'm going, say, example, I'm going to go do a shit ton of flavor work um, on Monday and heading out and spending a whole day in the lab knocking out flavors. Okay, I'm not... I, I don't need to bring my meals with me. I know what I need to eat. Okay, so example, if I need, like, say, in that meal, eight ounces worth of chicken and 80 grams of carbs, okay, boom, I can go and have, like, a nice super lean steak or all you tuna steak along with, like, say, a couple cups of rice or a plain baked potato with a touch of butter. That's flexible dieting to me. You're still aiming for that same macronutrient profile, but then, again, the food, quote-unquote, is, is still clean. And mm-hmm. I don't use the word clean eating these days. I mean, that's so subjective. To me, I'm like, hey, just make sure you're getting a majority of quality food sources that aren't going to fuck up your digestion. That's the approach should I take mm-hmm. in terms of flexible dieting and prep I keep it a little more strict you know there's a lot more in terms of timing of things the source of carbohydrates keeping digestion rolling because to me I tend to get a little more sensitive digestion wise in a prep just because you know you're, you're taxing your body you have noticed huge fluctuations in how your look is with amounts of fiber and sodium and so on and so forth but in the off season, is not as big of a deal. The idea is, you know, get the things you need. Like, don't substitute a chicken and rice meal for a fucking pizza, okay? Mm. That's not how this works. Yeah. I think people listening to this get the concept or get the idea that we don't think a cheat meal is a bad thing. I think a cheat meal can actually have some benefits. And there actually are a handful of benefits to an actual, you know, to incorporating a cheat meal in your prep, in your day, or in your week. Um, the biggest one for me is, 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 and you laid some of these out, Drew, but it is, it is that, like, mental break. I mean, when you're eating, and you mentioned that you hate the term clean eating. I do too. But like for all intents and purposes, we'll call it clean eating, right? You're eating chicken breast, rice, and broccoli like every day and you're having egg whites and it, it it's boring to an extent, but it's a lifestyle choice that you pick. So yes, when you get something to look forward to and you have, you know, you're going to have a burger or bison burger and sweet potato fries that particular night, it's a much needed mental fucking break on you because not only is um, the diet exhausting. Obviously, the, the training can be taxing depending on how hard you are take, you know, approaching your working sets and how serious you are about your prep or how you're uh, going about this. Um, like I know for me personally, I don't I, with, with, with my flex dieting, I don't necessarily crave a cheat meal like some people do. I kind of like, you know, I'm able to like incorporate things, which is what I like the idea of flex dieting. But like there's every now and then it's like, you know what? I kind of I feel like a fucking burger. I would like a burger. And and as long as it's fitting into my plan, um, that's a nice 45 minute window in my entire week that I very much look forward to because it's just something different. Um, and it does sort of like and not only is it like, hey, this is a sense of relief. But after you eat it, you kind of get that m- mental mindset like, huh? 
I just ate something I probably shouldn't have eaten. So no, eaten. So now I'm like, I want to get in the gym. I want to bust ass. I want to burn this shit off. It's all a mental fuck. But like you, it makes you want to get your ass back in the gym and get back on track. One way I'll put this is that as you learn, as you've done this as long as I have, I've done six shows now. Okay, in your first show, you do everything to a T. And one, the best advice I'm not to explain is a little more. It is like some of the little shit doesn't fucking matter, but some of the little shit makes all the difference. If that makes a difference, right? If that makes it. You know, like people get afraid. Oh, I can't chew gum and a sugar alcohol. Oh no, I can't put salt in my food. It's gonna add some sodium. Hold a little bit of water. Oh no, 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 I need to do this. Like people worry about the most little inane shit. Like oh my gosh, is the amount of sucralose in my pre-workout gonna throw off my cutting progress? <laughs> it's not. Okay, but at the same time, the thing that pisses me off is like if you go into a prep and your mentality is to make your prep as easy as possible or your diet as easy as possible and to see how much shit you can get away with that's not on a plan, that's the wrong fucking mindset. I'm telling you, guarantee you now, if you go into a prep already miserable in week one, wanting a fucking cheat meal, my friend, you are going to be in for a long and miserable prep because here's the thing. When it gets down to the nitty gritty and you're trying to get lean to be stage ready to do something that most people in the world cannot fucking do – it is not going to be fine. There's not an easy way to prep. I don't care how conditioned you are, how long it's taken you to do this, how many shows you've done. The weeks and the last weeks of prep fucking suck. If you're typically the worse you feel, the better you're going to look. And the better you feel, the worse you're going to look. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear on stage who did the suffering, who did the things that need to be done. Okay. Don't try to go in the mindset of how much shit you can get away with. Like, oh, I, I didn't, I haven't been eating chicken. I've been eating like this and this and this. Like, whatever. It's the same. I'm like, okay, well, it shows. It's sticking to you. So maybe you should fucking listen to the songs on plan. There's a rhyme and reason for this. I'm not going to get butthurt if, like, hey, you know, I didn't feel like having uh, chicken. I had eight ounces of tilapia instead. I'm like, good. I don't fucking care. That's fine. But, you know, it's within a degree of how sensitive you are to things. So keep that in mind, guys. You know, it's all the mindset. What is, uh, in terms of like, there's some actual, physical and physiology benefits of, of actually cheat meals. It's not just like a mental break or it feels good. Like it yeah, literally yeah. can help um, sort of like uh, reboot, restart certain things in your system. And it actually has a benefit in terms of, uh, I mean, there's a lot, you know more about this than I do because this is the shit that you do on a daily. So t- take us through some of those benefits that people might not understand because for the most part, I think most of you listening feel a cheat meal is beneficial for just like feeling better. Cause you, you, you have like the dopamine release and you feel happy and you're all excited about that. Um, but you don't understand like what's going on internally in your body when you actually have this high carb source or this high fat source for the first time in quite a while. Well, basically, okay, so keep it super top level in terms of physiological benefit. One, you feel better because there's hormones at play here, okay? You're going to have a metabolism spike because basically your body's, oh, fuck yeah, it's going to turn into a furnace. I mean, I've seen some crazy shit where, like, somebody's looking flat, their fat loss is sluggish, then you introduce a large influx of calories, and once again, depending on the situation, how sensitive you are to insulin and so forth, it just turns into a fucking fire. Like, you have a cheat meal, like a big one, then, like, the next week they drop three pounds, and they just tighten up, they fill out, they look hard, look vascular. That can be a combination of introducing some fats or some sugars, or some carbohydrates, or it could just be amount of sodium, or boom, they take it, they look pumped, they look dry, they look awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get back to the physiological thing in a second here, but like think of it this way. Some people you see them post like, oh man, you know, the morning after the show, they look better than they did on show day, because they had that reefing that night, they had a burger, they had some fries, they had some ice cream, they fill out their hard, they're dry, they're vascular, because their body filled out. 
with that being said, um, this is not about a contest prep episode, but things that happen when you go on a cheat meal. Typically, you're an increased leptin, okay? What that is basically is this is satiation hormone. It's like telling your body, I'm not hungry. Leptin is satisfaction. Ghrelin decreases. Think ghrelin, think growling, your stomach's hungry. It's the hunger hormone. So when you have a cheat meal, it can increase leptin and decrease ghrelin, therefore putting your body back on the path to more fat loss, to not being in quote-unquote starvation mode. You're giving that spike of influx of calories, your metabolism will take off, it controls and lowers those hormones in terms of ghrelin so you're going to feel better be satiated so on and so forth i mean i've seen some extreme shit in terms of refeed and it depends once you get how lean you are how hard you're cutting i mean there's been a time where i i would not recommend this um i had a three pound drop after this is one of my very first contest prep i was working with a coach at the time you know we typically do a cleaner refeed i'd do like a pound of ground bison um homemade baked sweet potato fries whatever buns i wanted and cheese eat the whole thing an extreme cheat meal went to papa murphy's got the take and bake pizza plain put a pound of ground bison on it and eat the whole thing that was not fun i laid on my couch the whole day and then i woke up the next morning i was dry i was hard i was full but then again my body does some crazy shit that the average bear does not or the average gorilla is but that way sure. so it isn't a set cookie cutter plan but those are the general physiological responses you will probably notice and that depends once again if you've been dieting for three days you're probably not going to have as big of an effect in terms of your ghrelin decreasing left and increasing okay it takes time so that, that's something to consider guys what about like insulin sensitivity? Does it, I mean, for most part, like for me, like uh, like I'm currently on 565 fucking grams of carbs a week. All right, so I'm, I mean, that's my life or a day. Sorry, a day. Um, so for me, I don't know, maybe not so much. But like somebody who is like depleted on carbs and they have that refeed day or that cheat meal day in terms of like insulin sensitivity and resetting, like how does that benefit those those individuals? Um, just in general, your your body's going to respond to it. It's going to fill out. Like a lot of times, people like oh, here's the thing in prep or losing body fat in general. If you're cutting, oftentimes you're going to look worse before you look better. And what I mean by that, you may have physiological fat loss happening, water loss, weight loss. But like, wow, I look softer. I don't look as lean because think too, your muscles also going to get flat. If you're depleting it in glycogen and sometimes sodium, you're training it. The cortisol is high. Your body's going to look flat. You fill that out with a high carb up. That's why in peak week, you're carb increasing your carb intake to fill the body out. The muscle fills out. It tightens against the skin. You're not holding the water. It has that effect. The thing is, dude, the longer you diet, the lower your body fat gets, the higher your insulin sensitivity gets. Insulin sensitivity is important, okay? So a quick physiological lesson here. Insulin sensitivity basically is how your body utilizes carbohydrates that you intake. With poor insulin sensitivity, you're going to notice things as your pumps at the gym are going to suck. You don't get like a... Um, um, a fullness effect basically the lower sensitivity is basically it's, it doesn't handle it as well it takes more insulin as a response to process the carbohydrates intake to clear your blood glucose and is more preferentially stored as body fat versus high insulin sensitivity it's going to shuttle those carbohydrates and glucose more so into the muscle so that's why after prolonged periods of dieting you like for example for those of you out there dieted a long time or a contest prep when you start reverse dieting out or introduce a cheat meal you feel like a fucking rock star you increase everything in you seems to fill out it sticks to you, you stay lean, you fail, you keep getting bigger. Oh my God, I'm gaining so much muscle. One of the best times to gain lean muscle tissue is following contest prep or extreme dieting because your body is so sensitive to insulin. Small amounts of carbohydrates have a huge effect. Then after a while, it takes more and more and more carbohydrates. Your metabolism builds, your body's kind of more used to it. And, you know, to maintain that, I know I'm a little extra curricular here. There's things like berberin, metformin, so on and so forth that can help maintain insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. But in general, the best way to keep insulin sensitivity high is to keep your body fat in check. And some people out there, Here's another lesson. Oh, I'm not bulking. Da, da, da. I don't care if I gain some fat as long as I keep getting muscle, keep getting weight. 
the thing. It, it's a double-edged sword. You ain't going to win this battle because, okay, you may keep increasing weight. You may not care how fat you get or whatever, but the, the higher your body fat gets, it, it's going to keep not building muscle. It's going to keep storing it more as fat the farther you go down that path. So you may keep gaining weight. It's not going to be as much muscle. You're my man. I'm not growing as much muscle-wise. I'm looking fatter. My pumps are starting to suck. At that time, take a look in the mirror, cut back on your carbohydrates, drop your body fat a bit, and then maybe resume your bulking phase. So that's kind of a quick primer on insulin sensitivity that does play into the T-meal effect. So when your insulin sensitivity is high like that, T-meals are going to have an exponentially greater effect. In that case, you know, having the, the, the refeed or carbohydrate meal compared to like the fatty um, well, fat meals and, and sugar influx, you know, so those things to consider as well. You mentioned before he had kind of like the two extremes, right? You do like a, a pound of bison and, and homemade sweet potato fries, and then you go to Papa Murphy's and get that, and you lay on your couch feeling like shit. Why is it that, you know, we crave these cheat meals, we have them, um, and then we feel like shit? Like what part of the body is, is making us feel like a complete asshole at that point? Well, one, you just infl- – in, in terms of conscious prep, you're probably not – well, you're kind of an off-season yeah. skill. What do you – used to eating physiologically that amount of food or you're not used to that much of a fat intake you know your body's like Woof, it fills out you know i see crazy shit happening with reese's cups and things like that and carbohydrates on show day but if you're not used to that amount of fat in general fat if you have a high fat intake your digestion is going to slow down a bit that's what fats do they slow down digestion it takes more time to break them down it also of course blunts the glucose response in um longer meals so that's why sometimes you'll see in meal plans i do like say a tablespoon of caramel grass-fed butter or some coconut oil mct oil along with rice what it does it that spike in insulin and has a nice um, response in blood glucose. So one is you're just ingesting a large amount of food you're just not used to. Two, it's a lot of food you're not used to in terms of greasier, fattier food. That's the main reason you're going to feel bogged down, which I think segues perfectly into kind of like, you know, some of the rules mm-hmm. of cheat meals. Well, Ryan, as general, when, when you do a cheat meal, is there any guidelines in your head, either whether your coach does or you do, that like guide your cheat meal? I mean, it's common sense. <laughs> I mean, I just use common sense with it. Like we talked about, you know, burger. If I go get a burger, it's going to be a bison burger. I'm still using like a leaner, leaner meat. Um, I, like I mentioned, sushi for me in my head for the most part because I don't do the cream cheese stuff. I just make sure it's like avocado. Uh, I don't use soy sauce, so I'm not really getting you – know, although it's not bad. Sodium is not bad. We talked about that before on, on the podcast. Uh, I just don't use it. Um, so for me, like my cheat meals are pretty fucking lame. People probably listening to this are like, that's all you do for cheat meals. Like you don't go and do – like very, very rarely if I feel like pasta or something, like spaghetti meatballs from a legit Italian restaurant, not that shit from Olive Garden. Like, yeah, maybe I'll splurge uh, and do it in terms of like a carbohydrate influx. But um, it's, it's just common sense. Like, I'm not eating a fucking tombstone pizza. I'm not going to go out and eat a gallon of Blue Bunny ice cream. Like, I just won't do it. Like, if it's at Froyo, I'll do um, very rarely as well. But like, at the end of the day, like, it, it's... I always, it's so old, but like, you know, that concept is like, you are what you eat. Uh, that, that always rings in my head. It's like, do I really want to be this? Like, do I want all this? Do I want cheese curds? Because I'm from Wisconsin. That's what we would do, right? But it's not, it's just not who I am. It's not really, and, and the thing is, like, I just don't enjoy those things. What most people mm-hmm. want to go out and get, like, I like pizza. Uh, I just haven't had it in a long time, but I don't necessarily enjoy eating half a pizza like I did when I was 14. I was a fat fucking piece of shit. I like my the way I live my life now. I don't think chicken and rice is boring. I actually enjoy it. There's different ways to make it. Uh, so for me, again, like me and my coach, we, we always approach them like, make sure it still fits your macros and just use common fucking sense. Don't be an idiot. I don't even worry so much about the macros. A lot of times the clients, what I'll do is I'll tell them what cheat meal I want them to do within a degree. Like, okay, for example, like one of my guys dude, he responded like a monster in classic physique. I mean, some of you guys have probably seen him on, on posting Clayton there. 
dude, sometimes I'll simply say, okay, here's your thing. Saturday night, I want you to train legs that day. Then go and have six sushi rolls, uh, roughly. I don't care what's in them. Just not a bunch of fried bullshit. Other than that, I don't give a fuck. Down it and then send pictures the next morning. Or, for example, say I guess somebody's more struggling. Okay, like um, they're farther out. Like, okay, the influx I want, their fats have been lower. Okay, I want you to have a, like a nice burger and fries with it. Enjoy whatever burger you want within reason. Don't have like a triple decker, quadruple heart bypass surgery, you know, but have a burger. Okay, right. so there's some guidelines here to get a little more specific on what you were building on. Some rules about cheat meals that I tell people is okay, just enjoy something that you generally want to have. I'm the same way as you. I generally enjoy sushi, I enjoy a burger and fries, simple stuff i don't like feeling fucking miserable and here's a good rule of that don't ever do it and the thing is that you don't want to bog yourself down because the thing is i'm not so much worried about that meal in a time you're not going to get fat from having one bad meal just mm -hmm. so you're not going to get fucking shredded from eating one quote-unquote healthy clean <laughs> it's a considerable gradual thing digestion is a 24-hour process it takes mm -hmm. time so rules of thumb there remember one it's a cheat meal and not a fucking cheat day so as a rule of thumb i typically like people to have it for like their last or second to last meal of the day because if you start your day like an asshole one you may let deep into oh it's still a cheat meal you have a Reese's cup and all this shit throughout the day it puts you in that bad mindset mm -hmm. two as a rule of thumb you shouldn't in theory in my opinion you should still be able to eat your meals as scheduled normally that yes. meal replaces one meal so if like, for example, say you go and have that in the middle of the day, if you want to, that's fine. But I still expect you to eat your other meals throughout the day so we have that, that caloric flux there. Yeah. The worst thing to do, fuck up, don't like, once again, if you have a blown out tire, don't go and stab the other three and have four flat tires. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, oh man, I fucked up my meal today. I'm just gonna uh, fuck it today. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Just get back on track. The other part too, you don't want to ruin your digestion for days on end. If you fuck yourself so bad the night before with like that large pizza bucket of ice cream, the next day you're just not hungry. Okay, you're, you're setting your metabolism back. You're not doing the things I want to do. You bog down digestion. You don't feel good. Your performance is going to fucking suck. Then you just wasted a whole nother day because you, you bogged yourself down too much. So yeah. use common sense. You should be able to eat your meals. Don't bog down digestion days at a time. That's why I'm not a huge fan of having this really huge amounts of influxes of fat like pizzas or but large amounts of fried food, so on and so forth. is isn't so much for the meal itself. It's because the effect is going to have digestion for days on end. I'm a big proponent of digestion overall because if you're not digesting properly, the nutrients aren't doing any fucking good. So that's kind of my main rules there, you know, is how to approach meal. One thing we didn't talk about that I think is important because alcohol is part of a lot of people's lives, okay? I mean, I, I, I don't drink very often. Occasionally, I'll have a, a, a glass of wine or a beer, but when people think about, like, a cheap meal, Drew, that's they think, well, then I can go out with my buddies, have a meal, you know, burger and fries, and I can have some beers. Like, how do you the, – the incorporation of alcohol. There's calories and carbs in alcohol, people. We all know that. Um, how, how is that approach different, if anything, being being a nutritional coach like you are, being somebody who has gone, like, for, for obviously, if you're on prep, you're going to try to avoid it at all costs. I mean, if you're smart, you're probably not doing it. But, um, again, if you're uh, off-season or you're just living your life, we're not telling you you can't have alcohol. I mean, but, like, if you want to stick, you know, near the plan and not, not stray too far from the path, how do you incorporate alcohol into your cheat day or cheat, not cheat day, but, like, your cheat meal? It's a dinner with X. Well, the part two to keep in mind there is like, um, good God, I'm, I'm going off on four different tangents here in terms of the cheat meal thing. Um, I, I hate dead silence. Like you, when you, when you go, I mean, you probably have a drink or two. Right, like I mean, yeah, you, your the, personal I'm approach. Trying to, I'm trying not to make this a huge physiological episode. The thing you need to understand with alcohol is, if you want to have, like, say, a drink at night on the weekend, whatever, like a glass of wine. If you're not in concert, that's fine. The thing that people don't understand, like, they like, say, say a Michelob Ultra or whatever, they have like, you know, ninety, what, ninety calories, calories, yeah. so like that. 
The right. problem with alcohol is isn't so much the calorie aspect of it. It does have calories. There's seven calories per gram of alcohol, FYI. Carbohydrates and proteins have four, fats have nine, alcohol has seven. And if you want to split those hairs, even more MCTs have 6.8 for caprylic acids, but that's not what this is about. Right. Is understand how your body metabolizes alcohol. It has a suppressive effect on metabolism. Basically, your body prioritizes metabolizing alcohol because it's it doesn't like it. It's considered, you know, some degree of toxin. It has a different pathway for metabolizing alcohol through the liver. So mm -hmm. basically, if you're ingesting this bullshit food along with um the alcohol you're consuming, your body's going to prioritize metabolizing the alcohol and not focus on the other things. So that's why people get in trouble when they go out and they drink. And one, you're, you're probably losing track because you're having a few drinks, you're more relaxed on how many calories you're intaking, but also it's having a suppressive effect on fat burning. It blunts the fat burning, it blunts the normal metabolic rate, slows things down to metabolize the alcohol. It doesn't like it, it's thinning the blood to get it out of the system. So in that case, if you're on contest prep, no. No fucking alcohol for you. Stick to your plan. We don't want to ruin digestion past that point. If you're not in contest prep, maybe go out and have like say maybe a beer along with say, you know, whatever it wants to be or a glass of wine for the ladies out there tend to like wine. Enjoy a glass of wine, but um, you know, don't have a whole bottle. One, it's the calories. Two, it's what it's going to do your metabolism long run and you're going to feel like dogs at the next day. So once again, I was, I, my biggest pause is trying to think of how to approach that from like eh, without getting it too heavy on the science side. Yeah. So that's well, some people would eat. There are there are a lot of people though that'll be like they'll go on and they'll do a binger day, you know, like a binge night or a binge weekend, and and they want to know like and again this is, I don't want to venture too far away from cheat meals, but that's a cheat, whatever. Uh, especially if you're on you know you're on the off season, you're trying to stick to a plan, uh, and they've always asked, well, what harm is it going to do me if I go out and have a six pack or a twelve pack of Bud Light? Like what harm, Drew, is it really going to do me? Well, aside from. Uh 120 calories per fucking beer there i'm um, having that issue i mean i don't once again i don't know off the top of my head the exact calorie count yeah, like, yeah. isn't like an average like say bud light 110 calories sure. in your beer like a whatever it's carbohydrates and alcohol i mean it's liquid calories the downside of that is when you lose track very easily of what's actually in it it's like uh say you have a mixed drink one of your just bullshit influx of sugar the alcohol so on and so forth there's no exact science there. Same mm -hmm. with like, okay, if I have a six pack, oh, it's easy to drink like a six pack for some people. That's 600, 700 calories on top of whatever cheat meal you're having. You can easily increase that cheat meal value you had from what? Uh, conservatively, it's like 800, 900,000 calories, whatever yeah. it may be. When you add in another six or 700 liquid calories, you just have like 2,000 calories of a cheat meal if you carry it with the alcohol. It takes it like a little excessive. Same thing with why you don't need to eat a whole fucking pizza. You don't need to have a gallon of ice cream with it. It increases your total calorie count. Yeah, and that brings me to my last point on this one in terms of, like, don't overdo it. We know we kind of touched on it, too. Like, just because you're allowed to a cheap meal and you're going to go out for dinner doesn't mean get six plates of something. Doesn't mean, like, hey, I, get a, I have a window right now to cheat, 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 so I'm going to eat as much as I possibly fucking can. Drew touched on this, too. Like, it shouldn't replace two meals. It should replace the one meal. So you want to stick fairly close and not go you know, too far from, from the path uh, in terms of that. Now, you're, most people on a cheat meal, they're going to go over calories. I mean, if, if your concept of a cheat meal is a burger and fries, it's more, there's more calories in that than there's going to be probably in the chicken breast and, and rice. Unless, you know, in my case, when you're having 400 grams of rice every time, you've got quite a bit of calories in each meal. But it's, that's not atypical, right? Or that's not typical for people. So, um, I mean, eat when, you, when we say don't overdo it, like one thing, like pick that one thing that you want. Is it the burger and fries? Great. You don't need two burgers. And Drew talked about this, like, or quadruple burger. Like, just keep it, keep it simple. Keep it to the point because that is going to help um, do a lot of different things physiology, mentally. Uh, you just, and again, if you eat too much, it's going to bog you down. You're going to feel like fucking shit. And then you're going to want to, you're, you're going to ask yourself, like, why? 
And uh, the why is because you're an asshole. You're an idiot. Um, the, the last thing we want to talk about here as we wrap up the episode here is like, what, uh, what really should you incorporate in your cheat meal, right? Like, what are the things that you should incorporate into your actual cheat meal? Like, if you, if you want to have cheat sensibly, we'll say it that way. Like, what should you do? And I know, Drew, you mentioned two macronutrients right off the bat. I mean, all three macronutrients are important. But, like, you know, it's going to be an influx in carbohydrates, maybe an influx in, in fats. Um, and some of the stuff might have more protein, might not. Depends. Like, for me, I, I mentioned pasta, for instance. I probably have less protein during that meal. Uh, but a shit ton more carbohydrates. So, for you, when you give the advice, or sometimes you might actually give your clients, like, this is the cheat meal I want you to eat. Like, what are you looking to incorporate into their cheat meal? I'm going to cover one thing before that. Um, if you know your body and you also know have a extensive portion control, so on and so forth, if you give with something like a buffet, once again, I'm not <laughs> saying that's not possible, but then again, I'd tell you about more of a Brazilian steakhouse where you're doing like a nice influx of meats, a salad bar. You can kind of, okay, what does my meal need? Okay, need some carbs, some rice, and then enjoy a bunch of meats. Don't make yourself sick. Or if you do like an all-you-can-eat sushi place, those are a rock star. Get your money's worth. Okay, keep track of how many rolls you've had. Like, okay, in that case, if I need, you know, five, six rolls, go moderation. Now, but specifically with terms of what a casino should consist of, it depends on the person. Typically, I kind of pick A or I pick B. If I'm looking to have a large carbohydrate influx, what I want to do in that case, focus on proteins and carbohydrates. Once again, in prep, like in peak week, the carb up day, the protein gets very low, actually. I'm more so focused on high amounts of carbohydrates for glycogen replenishment. If you need that cheat meal, focus on carbohydrates. Keep your fats eh, lower to moderate and just let the carbohydrates do its thing. Is You don't want to bog down digestion, have your protein in there. Or if you go for a more of a mixed macronutrient meal, like say a moderate amount of carbohydrates and a moderate amount of fats, I think a burger with a moderately lean patty and some fries, they need a good amount of carbs and fats. Go for a balanced approach, kind of replenish the fats you're not getting with a fattier meal. So I keep it very simple in that regard. Um, I don't, once again, like you, I don't super much focus on the exact amount of macronutrients, because especially going to a restaurant is kind of out of your control. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, okay, I need to refeed with like say 300 grams of carbs. Okay, then you can do that. but. Uh, that's one thing I've, I've seen some people do. Like, okay, my cheat meal or your night, whatever, I want you to trade legs. I want you to go home, have, say, four cups of cereal and two bagels. You know, I've seen a large influx. I always control. And that can depend, too. If you don't have self-control where you're going to go fucking go ham, maybe do a measured one. A big influx, but then you stop. Or if you have the self-control, hey, I'm going to have a meal. I'll see what I feel like when I get there. Uh, I'll do a burger, sweet potato fries, and maybe like an appetizer. I call it good. It all depends on the individual, what your self-control is, what your body responds to. And once again, the other factors where you are in your plan, mm -hmm. your total calories and so forth, how deep you're dieting. That's my, my general rule of thumb. All right. So I got to ask it. We're going to finish the episode with this because we haven't touched on it. But um, cheat meals, the variation between a natural athlete and an enhanced athlete. Is there a difference with somebody being on testosterone, DECA, whatever it might be, uh, versus somebody who is a natural athlete? Does it? Do they approach them differently? I mean – well, here's the thing. Honestly, metabolism is going to be very, fairly similar. You're going to have a higher protein turnover rate, I mean, nitrogen retention, so on and so forth, without getting too sciencey there. In general, think of it this way. Somebody like myself, I'm right now about 255 pounds, okay? I'm going to have more of a ceiling for the amount of cheat meal that I can incorporate and, you know, once again, calorie-wise, utilize versus somebody that's like 150 pounds, they have a higher amount of body fat, they're newer to training. The more muscle mass you have, lean muscle tissue you have, probably the more room for error you have. Okay. Mm -hmm. Think of it this way too, another example I get. Like for me, like and I'm in off season now, like once again, I, I'm not big on sweets anyway, but if I feel like having a cookie, I'm gonna have a fucking cookie. Is out of the you know for the four thousand plus calories I'm eating, a two or three hundred calorie cookie in that scope of things compared to somebody that say like say wifey, well she never mind. She's a horrible example. She's a fucking <laughs> metaphor monster. Okay. Yeah. Like 
I, I can't even. This is a horrible example. She eats like you know in her off season. They'll go home have fucking cereal, wake up with abs in the morning. I'm like, come on, girl. Like her metabolism does some crazy shit. Sure. She's a bad example. For say like okay, like an untrained individual or newer when they weigh like you know a younger guy, higher body fat. He's 160 pounds, kind of skinny fat. The that that frame of calories. I mean, his, his metabolic rate's like say 2600 compared to 4000 that 300 calories on top of 2600 in that band of calories compared to like a drop in a bucket of four to five thousand just keep in mind the ratio and the impact that, that can have on your yeah. calories so that's another thing to keep in mind too right i think it's more so the lean muscle tissue typically if you're enhanced you're going to have more lean muscle mass mm-hmm. if you have things in play like luterol uh, t3 so on and so forth you're gonna have a higher metabolism and your body can do some crazy shit to utilize it if you're a fucking moron and running dnp i mean now you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> die on your couch cooking but at least you're eating ice cream right so yeah there's different things that factor there but yeah i think it's more so the lean muscle mass is more of the issue compared to what the drugs are doing yeah right. I, the reason i bring it up is because people are going to say well if you're on drugs you can have well if you're on drugs and, and that that's not the drugs it's the because they're still working their ass off to get to that lean point where they can utilize those calories a little bit differently than somebody who doesn't so uh, this is a fun episode if you guys have topics of conversation hit us up on social media we're over at uh, the iron <clears throat> the iron jungle podcast on facebook make sure you subscribe to the podcast on itunes we're on uh, spotify and youtube vanilla gorilla on the ig fitness informant on the ig you guys can follow us uh, we are definitely willing to help out any way we possibly can so until next time it's the this is the jungle where the jungle the zoo is closed this week people we're going to close the fucking zoo down on the note ending with uh I mean, we can't end. I mean, we have to end every episode talking about steroids. Why not? It's what we do, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, everybody out there, hang loose. <laughs>